everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm so excited that you decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me and listening to this podcast. And today I have a great episode for you. For you, I am talking with Thalma Lobel, who is the author of the book, Whatever Works, the small cues that make a surprising difference in our success at work and how to create a happier office as well. And Thalma is an internationally recognized psychologist who has served at the, as the chair at the School of Psychological Sciences at Tel Aviv University. And this conversation was really helpful to me. There's a few practical hacks that I've already started implementing. You can already see the difference in my productivity and in my work habits as well. And uh, if you happen to still be working from home or whether we get into that and talk about some practical hacks, but also how it applies to just work in general and no matter where you're working, what are some things that can that can help you be more productive at home and at work. Now, I want to remind you that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. And if you have any video or audio needs, be sure to hit him up and you can find him on all social media platforms. I also want to let you know and just remind you of kind of what the vision is for this podcast as well. You know, in this podcast, we want to create a safe place to where we can have dangerous conversations because one of the core tenets that this podcast has been built on is that we truly believe, I truly believe, that you can learn from anyone and from everyone. And that's why sometimes that even if you listen to something, you may uh, disagree with it or you may not be entirely sure about it. We want to create a place that can have those types of conversations, the type of conversations that may be uh, maybe seem off limits or may seem taboo at times or may feel dangerous at times because we truly believe that everyone can teach us something. And I'm so excited about our conversation that we're going to have with Thalma Lobel. And here is that conversation. We, and we talk about some of the organizational and work habits that we can establish that can help us become more productive. Well, Thama, it's so great to be talking with you today, and I'm excited to talk with you about your book, Whatever Works. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, and I I always love to hear and to understand um, just the story behind the book. And so I'm just curious, what, what made you want to write this book? Well, you know, I'm a psychology professor, and uh, what I'm doing is uh, most of my time, was writing papers, doing research, teaching, and writing papers in professional journals. And I really made very well, you know, have many publications in top psychological journals. But I always wanted to write to the general audience. I always felt that there are so many interesting and important findings that don't reach the general audience, but only professionals who read the professional journals. So I wrote six years ago, my first book, Sensation, The New Science of Physical Intelligence. It was very successful, translated to 15 countries, and I was very pleased. And mainly I was pleased because I saw how I touched so many people. 
I give lectures in, uh, you know, to various audiences, banks, high-tech companies, uh, you know, all kind of uh, general uh, people who are interested, interested in finding all kind of uh, results for interesting findings. And that made me write this book, Whatever Works, which is uh, this book, uh, as you can see, uh, which is uh, actually touches the word that everybody is related to, which is work, whether you work from home or in the office, it touches everybody and how to be happy and successful at work. And uh, so it continues the first book from the point of view that it uh, touches the things that we are less used to think about. And as we go along with our talk, I'll talk about them probably. Yeah, I was going to say, can, can you just maybe start by highlighting some of the common challenges that you've seen people experience, like just in the workplace or in, even in their own productivity that they tend to run into? The challenges you mean? In, it's yeah, work. yep. First of all, uh, a lot of people are not happy at work. They, and, you know, if you think about most of our hours, we work, most people. If you take the whole 24 hours, some of the hours we sleep, we eat. And major part of the time we work, so we definitely want to be successful, to to you know to to succeed succeed, which means to be to perform better, to be more creative, and be happier, be happy with what we do. Some people are happy, but many people report that actually they don't like their work, or they think that they could do better. That they have the tension, they don't succeed to be as creative as they would like to be. They're too stressed. And I'm trying in this book, and I'm bringing studies, not, not necessarily my studies, but I really reviewed studies in top journals of the best researchers all over the world, mainly in the US, US but not only in the US. Um, how little things that we are not aware of can improve our performance, our creativity, and our well-being and happiness. And especially, and you, can I just say one more yeah. thing? Especially these days that are not the usual days with this pandemic the, uh, that is actually threatening our economical situation and our health. People aren't certain. Some people lost their job or they are afraid that they might lose it. Uh, they are afraid about their health. They, they work more from home. The kids are at home. A lot of things that make us more stressful. And definitely it's harder to work and to concentrate in these times. And I show all kinds of things that can improve your performance, even in these, or especially in these days, which yeah. are not- I, I was going to say, can, can you just highlight, because or just highlight some some more of the specific challenges that people are probably facing in their, like right now, especially whatever with COVID-19 as well that you're seeing uh, in the workplace. Well, first of all, a lot of people started working from home. For some people, it's a good thing. They learn, and, and there are many uh, surveys that say that after, hopefully, soon enough, the pandemic will be over this COVID-19. A lot of people will choose, will still choose to, to work from home, but it's not good for everybody. And a lot of people, even if it will be good for them, in the beginning, they, they had to learn. They didn't know how to do that. For example, you have to concentrate. You have not to, you know, you have all kinds of temptations. You need to see the last chapter in Netflix that you saw last night, but there are about 20 more chapters. 
And here I'm sitting here, like I'm sitting with you and in the other room, there is this TV. And I really want to know what happened. It's work, you don't have that. Um, so you're tempted to that, you're tempted to go to the refrigerator, all, all kind of things. Uh, so these are the bad things. Also, you need the, the, the people, you need your colleagues and all that, you know, to, to reduce this. On the other, there are many good things of working at home. Uh, you, you can concentrate more. There, if there are no kids at home, some people, you know, because the kids didn't go to school because of the COVID-19, so that was very difficult. But if if they're not, if they're not at home, so maybe you can schedule your own time. If you're a morning person, you can get up at five o'clock and work, you know, and then stop at nine and go to yoga or to and uh, to run out, which you can't always do at work. Um, you can have your own schedule and stop and really go and have lunch with your kids and then continue. So there are good things about it. You, of course, you save the commute, but you have to learn. And in the beginning, it's very difficult. On top of that, if you think that you you're afraid that you might lose your job, or you're afraid that um, some, somebody in your family will be sick, or and, and and life change, you don't go out so much and all that. So. This all adds to the usual stress. Now, in the, apart from that, people are afraid they, that they will not finish on time their, their assignments. And in some places, you know, they will, they're afraid that if they don't finish, they will be considered not a good worker. They might lose their job or they might not get a raise. So a lot of things happen that we can, we can challenge that. Mm-hmm. So you ju- you just got me thinking, and I would I would love to you to speak to one the employee who is who is working from home right now and trying to figure out what. And this is why I absolutely love your book is you just talk about hey it's just small things that you can change that can lead to a bigger impact. So for the employee, what are some small things that they can change in their at their at home work environment that can have a big impact? And then for the person who is who's the manager, who's the leader. What are some small things that they can do to better lead like a team across distances and across online and from home? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, if you work at home, I uh, suggest to find a designated place that you work. It doesn't mean that you, you can't work. Sometimes you move to another room or you lie in bed and with your laptop. That's okay. But in general, find a place that you work. Now, sometimes you can choose. The house is not big enough. Or as I say, there are kids. But if you can choose, choose a room with a good light and with a window. And I want to say why. Uh, first of all, uh, it, it has to be with a lot of light. If you don't have light, turn on the, the artificial light. But don't sit in dark room, even if you see very well the screen and you're working on the computer. Because there are many studies that show that if you're tired uh, uh, and you turn on the light and make, you know, that the room is well lighted, you will feel less tired. It, it helps your fatigue. So first of all, put that. Second of all, light, and that people don't know, in a lighted room, we have bigger self-control. There are studies that showing that. For example, if I, I'm less tempted to do other things, it doesn't mean that if I sit in a lighted room, I will never go and watch TV, but it has some impact on us. So if you sit in the dark and you're just with there is a better chance, you say, oh, come on, I'll stop for a minute and then go and do something else. And then, you know, without noticing, half of the day passed. Uh, so light. Second of all, it's always better to have a, a natural light than artificial light. 
it proves that you perform better. There are many studies that, that compared workers who worked in a windowless offices compared to those who had natural light or the same job, they performed better on cognitive, all kinds of cognitive tasks, they had better achievements simply because it was a natural light. Second, if you can, as I said, not always you can, but you can better maybe at home than in the office, choose a room with a view, with a nature view, if you have in the house. Uh, there are many studies that show, and I, will, I can elaborate on this more about nature, but I just say now about the view, that if you look, you take a break and you just look at the view for a few minutes, really for a few minutes, it will reduce the stress and will in, increase your, enhance your performance. So if you, if you can have a room with a view, choose that. If you can't and you have another uh, window in the house with a view, stop from time to time, just go to that room, look for five minutes, no more. If you don't have the time, go back to work, you will see the difference. So these are things that I, first of all, about word to word. Second of all, I would recommend to have your schedule at the in the morning. Write as if you are in the office. For example, if you want to go to lunch with a friend, which I recommend actually, because you are all the time alone, take a break and go to lunch. If, if you have somebody to go to lunch to, if, you, if, if there's a colleague, it's even better. But if not, a friend. Write it in the morning as your schedule. So you'll know you go, you don't, you're not tempted to do something else. Everything is from the morning, is written what you have to do. If you don't have friends to go to lunch, and if you're a person who needs other people, some people they don't care. Go even from time to time, stop and walk in the park just to see people, or sit in a coffee shop and work for an hour or two. Just even if you don't talk to the people, you see people around you. If you're a person that feels, and there are many people that need from time to time to see other people. Some people are very happy when they don't see any other person, and that's fine. They, people know themselves. So these are my first tips. Mm. I was going to say, and for the person who is leading a team, what, what are some things that they can do to help their team? Because what you're talking about is, you know, I think COVID-19 has affected a lot of us in many different ways, especially whenever it comes to isolation. What are some things that the leader or the manager can do to help lead their team during this time? If they're working from home, you mean? Mm -hmm. or Yeah. Well, if they're working from home, I think they should uh, encourage uh, many Zoom meetings. Not too many to waste their time, but to do Zoom meetings and encouraging them, also some small talks. Also some small talks. They don't have to be big Zoom meetings. They can do from time to time, two or three people just to know you know, that everybody will exchange ideas or simply describe his or her day. Uh, so you, you won't feel isolated. You, know, you report what I did today and all that. You have to encourage that. Also, uh, if possible, and people are not afraid from time to time to arrange face-to-face -face meetings in a place, maybe in an open space, you know, with the masks and everything. But uh, so uh, people will still feel part of the company and will feel that somebody's looking after them, not from the point of view of supervising, but from the point of view that that person cares, even if you're at home, you're part of a bigger group. Uh, if, if, if it's a teamwork, then uh, also there are some tips about Zoom, how to do, uh, you know, that, how to see it. And for example, uh, if, if you want, I can talk about clothes, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, 
I'm uh, you don't see if I'm wearing pants or, or skirt or something, but you see only the upper side. But I know because there are many studies that show that that whatever you wear influences not only the way you perceive me. Yeah, that's people know that if they are dressed in a certain way, they are considered more professional. If they are dressed in another way, they are considered less professional. There are many studies, quite irritating studies, for example, that show that women who came with one button too many open uh, and then were were judged as less, uh, that they, they had to predict, the people that watched them had to predict how well they will do as a CEO. They say they will not be a good CEO simply because uh, the skirt was a little bit too short or there was one button, uh, unbutton, uh, one more unbutton uh, button. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so so this we know that it, unfortunately they, they do influence the way you are perceived on things that are irrelevant, whether you will be a good manager or not. But what a lot of people don't know that there are studies that show that when the, the, the clothes that you wear influence your own behavior and performance. For example, there was a study that people were given a white coat. One group was given a white coat, like a doctor's coat. The other group was given a regular jacket. And they were asked to, to perform a certain cognitive task. Those were given the white coat, and you know, like the doctor's coat, performed better because they felt smart. They are doctors. Uh, I will continue and say that then they divided the group to two other groups. One and they get both the both groups they were given white coat, but one group was told this is a doctor's coat. The other group was called was told this is a painter coat. Those who were told that this is a doctor's coat again performed better than those who uh, had a painter coat, as if painter coat. And then in another study, they examined the, the way people negotiate. And they had to, to reach a certain, um, you know, they were negotiating about something. And of course, the success is that you will get more and the other person will get less. One group was told to wear really professional clothes, you know, nice pants, jacket. The other group was told to come with a sweatpants and sandals. Those who wore the professional clothes performed better. They were better in the negotiations. Not only that they were judged differently, but they performed better, which shows that we have to think about the clothes that we wear, not only because I care what you think of me, but it influenced me. That, why do I say that related to Zoom? Because when you sit on Zoom, don't sit without pants. Not only there is a chance that, and there were some episodes that People got up and they were seen. But even if you're sure that you don't see, feel that you're professional. When you're making a meeting, that you feel not to dress very, very nicely, but like as if I saw you in person. But I'll stop here and wait for more questions. Yeah, well, no, I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier and uh, just the way that you said it of of leaders looking after their team. I absolutely love that. What, what are some, and I mean, you mentioned some, you talked about getting together um, physically and in person and wearing masks whenever that's possible. What are some other ways that you've seen uh, leaders that helps, that helps them look after their team in a way that helps them feel like they belong to something bigger? Well, I can 
uh, let me talk about gifts. That's nothing to do with the pandemic in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you ask somebody, uh, what would you like? Um, $20 from your employer. Uh, you know, if you do something and you perform better, uh, you'll get $20. Or a gift that is worth $20. Rationally, you would say, I need, I want the $20 because with the $20, I can either buy exactly the same gift or something else, right? But studies show that people were more motivated when they were given a gift as compared to money, why? Because it's the thoughts that counts. And they felt that if the employer thought about something that will please them and bought it and it was wrapped nicely, it motivated more the employees to work, which is, you think, you know, if, if they were asked, they said, no, 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 I prefer money. But in reality, when they had uh, uh, one group was given money, the other group was given the equal equal amount, but in, in gift, it was the thermos with the wrapped very nicely. They performed better. They were more motivated to, to increase their performance for this gift because they thought that the employer cares about them. So that's that's an example how they have to feel, as you said, that they are a part of something bigger and that they are cared for. Also, it's not good that you're judged by... Uh, it, that you have to perform till this day, you have to finish something, then another one. Because that doesn't encourage your creativity. People have to feel that they will be judged by the, uh, their thoughts and the end result, even if it doesn't come at a certain time. Because if you're sure that you, uh, that you know that if you don't finish your assignment at a certain time, something will happen, either you will be fired or you'll be, you know, the thought is not such a good worker, et cetera, et cetera. We know things that come out of it. You will not be creative. If you are given the, the feeling that, okay, it might take longer, but come on, think, let your thoughts wander. Uh, and and that, that is coming from up, you know, from your employer, from supervisors, the feeling. And I think in many high-tech companies, that's what they do. You know, you don't, you're not judged that you have to finish something till Monday, but you're working on a project and people let you think about it. Let you want to so you are more creative. I have many, many more examples of uh, creativity. If you want, I can talk about that. Yeah, I would say just expound on it some more. Yeah, so I have a whole chapter in my book, uh, Whatever Works, on creativity. Because you won't believe how simple and small things which is what I'm talking all along the book, are helpful in uh, boosting our creativity. For example, did you think that just staring at a blue uh, square or a green square, just for a few minutes, you can do it on on your screen, like, you know, I'm looking at the screen now, or just, you know, take one of the books and just look, uh, will increase your creativity? Sounds strange, but it does. I want to say everything that I say, I am repeating that, based on studies that were published in top journals, and they're all significant statistically, so I'm not just saying things out of my head, just to to be clear. Mm -hmm. So, for example, looking at a blue or green color, just staring it for a few minutes, increase your creativity. Another thing, doodling. You have to think of something, 
they, they found out that if people were doodling, you know, on the on the page, rather with curvy, curvy lines, not straight lines, they perform better. And they, the way they do it is that there are many creativity tasks that you give when you do all this t- experiment. For example, you have to think of uh, unusual uh, uses of, of a certain object, like a brick. What can you do with the brick? So in, apart from the usual things that you do with the brick, and, then there are judges who judge how creative you are to think about unusual. There are other study, other experiments on creativity that connect uh, three words with another word that if you're not creative, you won't think of that word. So there are all kinds of tasks that measure creativity. And they found out that if people were doodling with curvy linears or they walked in the room or outside, not in straight lines, so while you're thinking about some go in curvy lines, you will perform better. And then there were even more strange. So these are easy things to do. You agree with me? Oh yeah. And, and there, there was another uh, two very interesting study studies. One in one study, uh, you know this icon of the uh, kind of light that comes out of a. Uh, you know, the light come, 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 comes out of your head which shows, aha, wow, I found something. Yeah, yep, like they have an idea. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they took, you know, so, so people connect in their head this with creativity. So what they did is that uh, uh, they, they came to, they, they took two, two groups in two rooms and gave them creativity tasks. And then after less than a minute, the experimenter came to each of the rooms and said, it's not a light, light, there is no light here. I mean, the light is not big enough. In one uh, room, he uh, turned on a fluorescent. And in the other room, a light bulb, like the light bulb that pops out of the lab, but you know, without, uh, just the light bulbs that you can see, but with the same intensity of light in both rooms, those that watched the light bulb performed better. They were more creative on that creativity test. Would you believe that? Uh, in yet another study, they said what you call acting a metaphor. There, you know, there's a metaphor thinking out of outside the box, right? You want to be creative, you think outside the box. So these researchers built a box, a big box, and what and they gave them again the subject a creativity task. One group sat inside the books, one each time, one person, one group sat outside, literally sat outside the books, and the third group had no books. So you can see that it's because it was not uncomfortable inside the books, but because one group had no books. Those who sat outside the books, literally sat outside, performed better. They kind of uh, enacted the metaphor. Yeah. But then you say, you know, where can I take a box? So there is another study showing that you don't need the box. You just have a photo of a brain outside a box, hang it in your room, a brain, and then next to a box, or a person sitting out of a box thinking, look at it, it will increase your creativity. So you see, and there are more. So these are all things that are easy to implement, really easy. You know, looking at a certain color, doodling, walking around. All these things that people don't think. Of course, there are individual differences. Some people are more creative than others, but you can still enhance your creativity, boost your creativity 
if you listen to all these little things. Yeah, and and I want to go back and we and we hit on it a little bit, but I want to talk about in the book you talk about the actual work environment and some cues yeah. that you can change for. I mean, you mentioned one with with changing the lighting and making sure that you have a window in your room. What are some other small changes in our environment that we can use that can just help boost our productivity and our work and our and all of that stuff? So mainly, really, uh, as I said, light and and window is very important. Uh, also the temperature, especially if you're at home and you can control it, right? In the office, you have sometimes troubles if, if you don't have your own office or it's something general, you know, in the, in the building, which causes a lot of trouble, by the way. And if, you know, if you can't control the, the temperature in the office, in the big buildings, there are always some people who are not satisfied. You know, you can't satisfy them all. So whatever you will do, some people will not be satisfied. Women usually are too, for them it's too cold. They want it warmer. I know when I come to meetings, and I, I've been in many committees and I'm board of directors, and sometimes I'm one or two women and most of them are men. I know right in the middle of the summer, I always bring a sweater in my purse because I know I'll be cold. And all the, so there are all kinds of things. If you can control, if you're at home, try uh, to, do, to be a little bit cold rather than a little bit warm, uh, which means in the winter, for example, there is a, a tendency to, you know, it's too cold, make it a, within the, the optimal range of uh, 70 to 76, something like that. Uh, within this range, if you're a little bit to the cooler side, I'm not talking freezing, but a little bit to the cooler you'll perform better than if you're a little bit to the warmer side. There are many studies that show it. If you feel cozy and warm, not sweating, but still warm, and I'm talking about the winter now, mm-hmm. uh, you will perform worse than if you're a little bit cold. Don't put it, what I was, put it around 70. Uh, that will be the optimal. After that, every uh, degree, you will decrease a little bit your performance. And I'm talking, of course, not about the extremes, which are yeah. too cold. But within the optimal range, uh, control it that it will be pleasant to you. And of course, there are individual differences. What is pleasant to me, necessarily pleasant to you. But within that pleasant area, make it a little bit not toward the, the warmer side because it will affect your performance, even if you don't feel it that way. You feel that you are comfortable and all that. So these are the things mainly of the physical environment. Uh, I can talk more, of course, there are other things about nature. If, which relates to the room, if you want me to talk about it. Yeah, talk a little bit more about the nature side. Yeah, and then I'll combine it to the physical things in the office. So first of all, nature, we all know that nature is, is great. I mean, we all love walking in the forest or in the parks or along the beach or the river. I love the beach myself, and I try to go every day, actually, if I can. Now with the pandemic, it's not that easy, too crowded for me unfortunately, and I really miss it. But uh, but still, I can do go along uh, nature, just go outside and watch the trees. So what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be a wild forest. It can be also trees and flowers. There are many studies that show that walk in nature really, really increased performance. They, they took several bo- uh, groups and told them to stop working and one group worked for an hour or half an hour in urban 
uh, environment, like, you know, in the streets of New York, or that was one that was in California. And the other group worked in the park, and they came back, they were given cognitive tasks. Those who worked, who walked in, in the park or in the nature, performed better than those who worked in urban uh, areas. There was one, actually, a, a, many studies done also in Japan, that they really brought people to forest, to wild forests, compared to other groups who were brought to urban places. And they didn't even walk for a long time. They told them to sit for 15 minutes and just watch, and then walk a little bit. And they did the same thing in urban. And no doubt, those that uh, sat in the forest, or even not, didn't walk, just sat and looked, performed better. And there are also physiological um, measurements of, uh, of heart rate and all that showed that they were less stressed. So first of all, it's really, really proven that even if you work in, I don't know, in completely urban place, if you, if you do have some 10 minutes away from you, some trees and flowers, take a break, take a break and go there. Don't think it's a waste of time because at a certain point, we all are depleted. We all work and, and we need that break. So first of all, I'm saying take a break from time and for sure, stand up, especially if you're at home, nobody sees. Stand up, walk a little bit. Yes, uh, you could do it, of course, in the office, but I mean, not only at home. But if you have a chance, and especially don't that nobody tells you what to do, go out if you can. I mean, if you have uh, nature, if you... If, you, if it's not far away, and as I say, it doesn't have to be, of course, the beach. If you can, go to the beach. But it doesn't have to be a beach or a wild forest. You can go to a park or someplace that you have flowers and trees and just look at them, enjoy them. So this is my best advice. Now, suppose you don't have the time or you really don't have in 10 minutes nature. You're really in the middle of urban place. Watch photos of nature. You can watch them on internet. Take a break and just watch photos of nature. Also, listen to nature voices. All these were proven by studies. If you put a, 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 your headset and you, you just listen to birds or water, a, the waves of the, the beach, that also reduces stress and improves uh, performance. And also put photos on the wall of nature. Another thing, put plants. It's very important, especially if you don't have many a view from the window. Plants were also shown to, uh, to improve your performance. There are studies also on, on classes of children, that there were some plants at the, at the back of the class and it improves the, the performance of the children. So you don't have to have the whole forest in your room, but just put uh, some, some pe pe uh, plants that you can watch from time to time. So uh, this is, a, and, and nature has tremendous, uh, influence of us more. I mean, we all know it's beautiful, but we don't think sometimes it would really enhance our performance and reduce stress. These times of the COVID-19, I highly recommend we're stuck. A lot of people are stuck at home, but if they have a yard, go and just watch, watch the trees and listen to the birds and, and, and concentrate on that. I mean, don't think about something else. You will see how it, it, it affects, it has a positive, very positive effect on yeah. Uh, another one of the cues that I would love for you to talk about that you mentioned is as it concerns listening to music as well. 
and the impact that it has. And I know that me, myself, I listen to music a lot while I work and I imagine other people do. Can you just talk and elaborate a little bit about what you found in terms of your research on what listening to music does for us? Yeah. So first of all, we all, in general, I can say that listening to music is great, right? It, it really is so emotional and, and not even, not, of course, from those who are music lovers or musicians, this is their life. I have a son who is a musician. So I know that from, I mean, I know how he passionately, that's the best thing he can do is listen to music. But, you know, as ordinary people, we love music. But not, it depends on the task you're working and the type of music, whether it will be helpful or not. What I can tell you for sure that there are many studies that show that just before you start to work on something, just before, if you listen to a happy uh, music, like for example, on a Mozart sonnets, one of their sonnets of music, there it's called the Mozart effect, mm-hmm. uh, compared to something which is very heavy and, and slow and sad. If you listen to a happy music before you start working, it will definitely help your performance. So one of in a minute I'll talk about music during, but uh, if you you're just going to do something which you really have to focus and concentrate, my uh, suggestion, which was scientific proven, is that you take a music that you like, five ten minutes, listen to that, then stop and work on your on your assignment. It will definitely help. This was proven many times. But it has to be music that is happy, not very sad, and not not very slow. Then, one of the reasons that people think is that there is, it affects your emotion, and then this emotional state influences your performance. Now, what about listening to music during work? That depends on the task that you're doing and on the music. A type of music because there are so many factors in the music. It can be fast or slow. It can be uh, very uh, tense or not. It can be uh, heavy rock or it can be classical. It can be liked or not liked, etc. All these factors influence the way. So, for, and of course, the type of, of work that you're doing. If you're working on something that you really need to concentrate, don't put very happy. Or very or music that you specifically like, or that you specifically dislike, because it will divert your attention. And if you want to put some music, put something that it's in the background, like a classical music, something which is not too heavy, not too light, just something that you don't pay attention to, and it's in the in the in the background. Or unless and if you feel that it disturbs you, still don't do that. Do it between tasks. But I like it also during my work, as long as, as I said, not a very, not something that I like specifically, because then I listen to that. And I, you know, I, now if I do something which is more automatically, like proofreading or checking a or kind of chart, then you can do any music that you like, because it's not something that you have to. You have to concentrate that it's different. And of course, if you do physical work. There are many studies that show that if you do, you put music that you like and fast music, you perform better. You simply perform better. If you put in the gyms the music that, you know, that it's more fast and, 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 and noisy, people were less tired after the same, they ran faster and they were less tired. So it depends on the, on the job. 
some some things or if you do any physical your gardening your all kind of work not every work is that to sit at your desk put music put music that you like there are many studies that show that the computer people that they do to fix computers and all that when they chose their own music they performed better so music in general helps but you know better than anybody else if uh, it's a certain task it might disturb you and then choose uh, something in the background as I said not too fast not too noisy and not something that you specifically like or specifically dislike mm-hmm. and, and as I said I want to repeat that before starting it's very important take a break and listen to music for five or ten minutes don't have more you don't have to, to, to do it for a long time unless you have the time to a nice like Mozart sonnet or something else that you like you will see the, the difference it really affects uh, and enhance our performance. And then uh, I, wa- I want to ask you about technology as well and some of the things that you've learned because uh, te- technology isn't, isn't necessarily good or bad, but it can be distracting at times. And so what are some things that, that you've learned that help as it concerns technology? Yeah, let's talk about this little thing, uh, the, my part for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all need the smartphone. Really helpful. You know, with this smartphone, I can see the emails and I can see the messages and I can look at the internet. And you know, if you think about a few years ago, we couldn't do that. Now I don't need anything. I, I can see immediately. You ask me a question, I'm not sure. I'll check and that's great. And I can talk to you with, the, you know, you're sitting now. Where are you now? Which, which city are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm in or outside of Canton, Ohio. Yeah, and I'm in Israel, so yeah. <laughs> that's great. And, uh, it doesn't matter. We, we yeah. So that so you could we could do that on the phone even. Yep. The, so that's great. But on the other hand, it definitely disturbs us, us sometimes. So first of all, of course, in interactions, uh, not at work, I'm talking interaction. It's really really sad that you see people sitting and can't have a conversation. Each minute they look at the. At the at the smartphone, they check if they have messages, they are not focused on you. That we all know. But what, what I'm bringing new studies that show that even if you sit, uh, you put, uh, you, sit, you sit and you do something, you have to do a task, and you put your phone next to you, uh, and it's turned off, it's turned off, you still perform not as good as if the phone was not here. I'll tell you about the study. They brought uh, two groups, three groups actually. One group was told to put the phone uh, next to them, but turn it off. One group was told to put it in their purse or in their pocket, whatever, wherever they put it, not in front of them. But And the third group was told to leave the phone outside the room. And then they were given uh, cognitive tasks. Those who had the phone next to them, even if it was turned off, performed worse, and those who had the phone outside the room performed the best. So what is my, we chose it because if it's turned on, you know that you check your messages all the time, all that it disturbs. But even if it was turned off, which is surprising, still it disturbed people, just the fact, the mere presence of their phone. And so my suggestion is uh, that if you can, and you're working on a really important task that you have to focus, you don't have to, you, you want to, to to finish it uh, the best way you can, put the phone someplace else, put it in another room. If, if you're at home, definitely you can do that. 
If you're in the office, put it someplace else that you don't want. And if you're waiting for a really important call, after an hour, go and check your messenger. But don't put it next to you. It really, really disturbs. Even if you turn it off and people don't turn it off. So it's definitely, even if you say, ah, I'm not answering the messages. They just look, it definitely, I mean, the results are, are showing that you perform worse than if you, if you have a, if your phone is not next to you. So I strongly recommend uh, to, to take the phone, put it in another room and still have all the benefits from the phone. Use it whenever you still need it and all that. But while you're working, put it in another room. And then uh, just as we're getting ready to wrap up, I want to know when, what was the biggest thing that surprised you about your research? Like what was the thing that maybe you went in, you thinking, thinking, hey, I think it's this way, and it completely surprised you and changed what you were thinking about? There were many, actually, not one. <laughs> they were almost counterintuitive, or not even if they were not counterintuitive, they definitely wouldn't think like the phone. I'm sure you would say that if it's turned off, if it's turned off, why, why should it disturb me? I mean, I, it's turned off. But it does, because maybe I'm thinking, ah, I could turn it on or something. Uh, for example, there was another that I didn't talk about that I can say, uh, how to uh, compose a team, a working team. So there was, there was one study that they, uh, they compared heterogeneous to homogeneous uh, team. In one group, there, was a, there were people from a, a one group, one person was from a different ethnicity. And in another uh, group, everybody was from the same ethnicity. They did it in several countries, so it doesn't matter the ethnicity. But one person was different. Even if that person didn't say a word, the mere presence of somebody from a different ethnicity made the group perform better. They, they did on stock exchange and all kinds of you know, students of, uh, that understand in stocks, and they gave them all kinds of information that they wanted to see who will perform best. When they put somebody who was from different ethnicity, even as I repeat, he didn't say a word. His mere presence, it was a man, so I'm saying his, his mere presence uh, made the group perform better. So it means that's, that's really surprising, right? You wouldn't think that, you would think that if he has another point of view, but just the, the, the presence of somebody from a different ethnicity increased the performance of the group. So think about it next time that you do that. Also, what, what uh, surprised me was the, what I told you about the gifts. You wouldn't think that people will perform better if they were given exactly the same, uh, a gift which worth exactly the same amount of money that they could get. Because automatically I would say, yeah, give me the $20. I'll decide if I want the thermos or something else. Uh, so that really was counterintuitive in a way. And it kept again and again. And of course, all these little things that increase uh, creativity, like uh, looking at the color or something, I, I would never thought that, and it works. And there are many others, so you have to read the book, whatever yeah. works. Yeah, and, and just and final question, for the person who's listening and they're like, this, this all sounds good, what, but I'm not sure where to start. Where would be a good place to start? Where would you recommend for them to start? Uh, well, I'm not sure I understand. If, uh, if, if they're wondering, I, I love all of these productivity tips and the small changes that you're talking about, but I'm not sure where to start. Where would be a good starting place for people uh, to start making these changes? First, 
Well, there are three things that I don't know which one is first. First of all, look around your office. Look around you. There are many small changes that you can make. As I said, if you're not at home, you're working at the office, maybe you can change it if you have a window or not. But if you do have a window, try not to turn it on and, and put the artificial light. Things like that. Second, which may be first, what I said about nature. This you can do. Take a break from time to time, even if you think you don't have the time. Take a break when you feel a little bit depleted and tired. And if you can, go to nature. If you can't, watch nature on the internet or something, but focus on nature. This is something I think very easy to start. And so especially these days that we are all stressed. So if I have to say one thing, there are many, as you saw, and you could talk to me another hour and I, I still have things to say because I did touch a lot of things in the group. But if you have to think about one thing that, you know, I might say something else tomorrow, but what I think now is that in these days, if you have to think about one thing that somebody will ask me, I'll say, listen, you're working the whole day or you are even not working the whole day, but you're stressed because of the COVID-19 and the kids and all that. Take a break, even for 10 minutes, go outside and watch the trees or the, the water or whatever you can. Listen to the, to the birds. That's what you do. You will see how you will reduce your stress and perform better. That's the one thing if, I, if you make me choose one. Yeah. Well, Thalma, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was great. I know people are going to want to pick up the book and continue to learn about all the other changes that you said that we didn't even get to talk about as well. And yeah. And so where's the best place for people to go to follow you and to pick up the book? Uh, you can pick up the book, uh, of course, in Amazon. Um, they write whatever works in uh, Thalma Lobel, in Barnes & Noble, uh, in all the all the places that they, they can you know that you can buy book, books online and very easy it's there and it's actually not expensive because it's a, it's a paper book and uh, my website had some problems it's coming out next week it's salmalobel.com you have here all my interviews and my papers and uh, yeah and mainly if you read the book and you go to amazon you see all the reviews i got excellent reviews really already so uh, I'll be very, I, I really feel honestly that uh, everybody who reads the book, it, it will improve his or her um, feeling, happiness, and performance. And that gives me the best satisfaction more than, than anything else, seriously. Yeah. That's why we, we come back to the first question that you asked me. That's why I wrote the books for the general audience. That's the real reason that I, I really feel that I reach a lot of people and help them. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Just thanks for doing this work uh, for, for all of us and just helping us become better better humans, better leaders, and, and all of that. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, Thalma, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. It was great having you. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for investing in all, everyone who's listening as well. And as I said, you know, one of the things that I've implemented is just making sure that there's light whenever I'm working as well. And I've already seen the difference in in my own life and how that has helped me become even more productive and helped my mood just continue to improve all throughout the day as well. 
And thank you so much for listening as well. You know, one of the things that we want to do here on the Caleb Mason podcast is create a safe place to where we can have dangerous conversations, no matter what that conversation may be. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of that. If you would want to join the conversation or if you have stuff that you would love us to cover on the podcast, just feel free to hit me up on Instagram. You could go ahead and just DM me. My uh, handle is at Caleb J. Mason. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear any uh, any ideas or any topics that you would love covered here on the podcast as well. Thanks to Sam Massey as well for providing the audio for this podcast and for just creating this incredible music as well. Just incredibly thankful for you. Incredibly thankful for you, the listener, as well, because um, you help make this thing happen. And so thank you so much for that. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow button as well, or on whatever podcast player you're using. Uh, also, leave a rating and write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate that also. Anyway, my name is Caleb Mason, and until next time, keep learning and keep growing. <laughs>